The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. IGN Playlist is a new home to your game library. Rate games, share lists, and log your game time, powered by How Long to Beat. Sign up for early access today at playlist.ign.com. Beyond, and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is the first Podcast Beyond of 2022. I almost said the year wrong, because that's how I deal with years, but it's the first one of 2022. And do you hear that? Do you hear that sound? There's actual PlayStation news from this week that we get to discuss on this show in a timely manner. I don't I don't even know how to handle this, to be honest. I'm just really excited. We're going to spend 70 minutes talking about how excited I am and then two minutes on the actual news. Uh, no, we should get to the stuff that we do have to talk about this week. So before we get to that, though, I am joined by Jada Griffin. Hello. 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 Glad to have you back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. We're also joined by Mark Medina. Mark, Happy New Year to you as well. 70 minutes. 70 I've, minutes. I've yeah. been on break for two hours, two weeks, and you <laughs> come back in the first. I can't even talk. You want me to talk for 70 minutes, Stormbush? 70 whole I was minutes, told yeah. this would be a 17 minute episode. So I've been lied to. Also, yeah, I'm nowhere near as emotive as Tom. I need to, I need to get, <laughs> get it going. The energy up. Come on. It's Wednesday morning. The first Wednesday. Is it the first Wednesday of the new year? I don't know. Anyway, of course, we are also joined this week by Tom Marks. Hello. It's been so long. But for some it, reason, Jonathan, it feels like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that how time works these days? I mean, you and I see each other, you know, all the time yeah. outside of work. We're just, we just stare at each other off off show. But uh, no, we do. We do have a lot to talk about this week. We are going to take a little bit of like a wider look at uh, what PlayStation has coming up in 2022 because it's going to be a very busy year. But PlayStation decided to drop big news on us. Some, I think, unsurprising news in terms of uh, a little bit of a reveal there. But uh, some actual news at CES this week from PlayStation and Sony. And that's, of course, the Uncharted movie clip that we got to see in full. Nope, that's nope, not it. That was nope. that wasn't it. That's not it. I'm no, we don't, that's what I was excited for. Oh, you're right. It was the PlayStation VR 2. That was yeah. it. They did do that. That happened as well. Yeah, the uh, the next generation PlayStation VR headset, which they have been calling it for six months, has been named, and it is called 
PlayStation VR 2. Um, we do have some details about its specs that we're going to dig into. And uh, we also got the first announcement of a first party game, which is actually a collaboration between two studios at PlayStation. But before we get there, uh, just really quickly around the horn. A- anyone surprised this is called PSVR 2? No, <laughs> it's exactly what, what they kind of did with the consoles. They kept saying it was like the next gen console. And then finally they were like, here's an Instagram post. It's called the PS5, and everyone's like, oh. it's kind of the same with this. I've been calling it PSVR 2 since PSVR 1 came out, and so it's not surprising at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I still ahead, really Tom. appreciate the the pomp and circumstance Sony puts behind its names that are then mm-hmm. like the simplest possible names they can pick. Yep. It's it's admirable in a way i did not anticipate <laughs> but uh yeah no I, I i i'm fine with this i don't need fancy weird names changing every time this is this is nope. fine yeah yeah no i agree and i think you know they're they like the fanfare of doing these events and like this is a big thing and it's very simple but it's a big thing yeah regardless regardless yeah. of the name yeah, it's it's the same way in which and I this was, you know, going back to our quick discussion of time not making sense. Uh, the last one of the last in studio episodes of Beyond was when they announced the name of the PS5 at CES, which was that big thing. Mm. As you were saying, Mark, most people found out via like an Instagram post that it was called the PS5. But it was they came out on stage where like their console is called the PlayStation 5. And that was it. And we spun up 45 minutes of discussion out of that, I think. But uh, yeah, let's the do PS5 it again. <laughs> well, luckily this time back then we only had a name but this time we actually do get uh some specs and some details about it uh the first thing that i do want to mention is uh something that they had said they were going to do in the past but i i think is worth just taking a second to appreciate uh there is only going to be a single cord to get this headset to your mm. for, from your ps5 to your psvr headset that is I like I love the PSVR, but the reason I have not pulled that thing out despite being at home for the last two years straight is because I don't want to have to deal with that nest of cables. <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare. It's, time, it's, time, it's time for Mark. The new price tag, whatever the new price tag is, that single cable is worth it on its own. <laughs> time for time for Mark to be a downer. That's uh, that's one cord too many, guys. Oh, okay. one cord too many. <laughs> I thought you were going to so, be like pro multiple cords. No, no, no. So so over Christmas, I got the Oculus Quest 2. What a machine that is. Zero cords. And even if you want to hook it up to your computer, AirLink, which is amazing. So I'm, I was when I saw single cord, I'm like, hmm. But at the same time, they're going for a visual fidelity that's incredibly high. So we'll we'll accept it the 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 forgiving thing will be if it's just if it's like the quest 2 and it's just a single usb c cable that i can get I like a 30 is. foot yep. version of then <laughs> super good yeah, yeah. it's a, and usb and other, type c and the other nice thing about it being a usb type c is there's a usb c port on the front of the system right so it's not even yeah. just like single cable it's like you don't even have to go to the back of the system to mm-hmm. plug it in it's like it's just going to be a really nice low quality of life thing yeah, yeah that'd I, be awesome for me though it is actually going to hurt my quality of life because i have a uh expanded drive on mm. the hooked into my using that usb c oh. port for all my ps4 games so for me i'm gonna have to mm. pull that out anytime i want to do anything vr so that means i'm gonna have to completely like do the whole thing of 
do you want to remove this drive? Yes, I do want to remove this drive. Okay, now you can plug it in. <laughs> and then I have to when I plug it back in, I have to wait for it to recognize all my games. And but, you, yeah, you got to definitely make sure that your VR games aren't on that drive. So exactly, that <laughs> at the same time, which means it's going to have to stay on my PS5 drive or my new M2 that I installed over the break. Nice. I was going to ask, have you done a internal upgrade yet? Yep, I just uh, put a two terabyte in over the break. Hey, that's what nice. I did, and I love it. I I, I install everything. I don't even think about it. I'm like, do I want to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla six months from now? Might as well install it now. Get it ready. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I approach my backlog, too, but I need to do that install as well. Um, but yeah, it, it will be very nice. Other than that, I use the USB-C port in the front for like heads, headsets as well and stuff, so it'll be you know figuring out where to put that stuff. But yeah, like you were saying, Tom, the idea of having it just right there in the front... Uh, Mark, I'm really with you, like in terms of the the ease of use of the quest, like it is just beautiful to be able to put that thing on Mm -hmm. and not have to worry about anything. I do think obviously here I'm assuming a little bit, but I would guess that the VR two in the same way the VR one did will offset so much of, you know, the actual power needs to the PS5 that Mm -hmm. like as you were saying to get this high fidelity. It's a small trade off, but I think that one cord is much better than two cords that go into a small box that also has two extra cords coming out that need an additional cord to get power. It's 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 a much better step up than from last time, because well, um, no matter how great the PS5. Yeah, right. The Quest 2 is great, but like it can't play games like I don't, I don't know if it can't or if it just doesn't but it can't play games like half-life alex or boneworks and stuff like that like because it, it is it is just you know running off its own hardware which is just in this tiny headset um so i imagine if they're really wanting to push vr psvr2 they're going to need some of the playstation's power to be able to uh to do it and maybe yeah. eventually they'll come up with some sort of like air link thing they have the uh what is it the the a remote play. Oh, remote play. Mm-hmm. Like, so maybe they'll, they can figure out some sort of air link. Who knows? That would be but very the one cable is fine. If you could remote play to your VR headset, that would be very cool. Uh, but anyway, to talk to what you were saying about the visual fidelity, uh, we, we got some info about the specs of the system. So I'm going to just run through these a little bit quickly. Uh, but the display method, so it will be uh, an OLED display. Uh, panel resolution will be uh, 2000 by 2040 per eye. Uh, panel refresh rate will be 90 hertz and up to 120 hertz. Um, checking, and there will also be a 110 degree field of view, uh, as well as foveated rendering. Uh, some of those words I understand, some I do not. Um, <laughs> obviously, we're going to get. Uh, I, I I think the fidelity here is, you know, just in layman's terms, a huge step up from the PSVR. Uh, you know, original headset, uh, Tom, Mark, or Jada, any of you, you know, with use of VR headsets, what, I guess what has been most impressive to you in the VR space and what are you hoping this kind of lives up to on a fidelity level? Um, Hmm. games wise. uh, Yeah. Just like graphically game wise, probably like, I mean, there are certainly like more kind of awe inspiring games, but half-life Alex is just the best Mm -hmm. VR game you can play. And it's visuals are, really really incredible um i played that entire game on a quest oculus quest one with a link cable to my pc and it was which will be basically identical right in terms of like Mm -hmm. cable management because it's just a USB-C also um and yeah that game was really really impressive um i i think i mean one of the things that's interesting about these stats is like as of now right because you never know how quickly tech is going to change but as of now Apart from 
FOV, right, which is identical to the Quest 2, this is like the highest resolution, um, like kind of consumer level VR headset out there. It's yeah. higher than the Index and it's higher than the Quest 2. So like clearly, as Mark was saying, they're they're pushing for like cutting edge in terms of like in a way that PSVR PSVR was great, but like obviously they were reusing those controllers and there was a lot mm-hmm. of it that was like kind of like bootstrap a little bit. And this is like this feels like them being ambitious in a really, really exciting way. Yeah, PSVR one, when you look at the controllers for PSVR two and the specs, it's it's almost clear we don't know for sure that psvr1 was almost like a test they're like do people want vr on a console like if we can provide games for it and uh the answer is yes people love psvr and there are some exclusives that i've never played like the the iron man games stuff like that but like people really really like um so i i think this is them this is their answer to PSVR1's success is building actual controllers that look like Quest controls. I think it's also like when you look at those controllers, you think that this is them responding to, you know, what other people have done, right? Like yeah. VR controllers when when the wands when it was the wands, you think, "Okay, this works totally fine." And then I remember seeing um it was what, what was the, uh, the Oculus Rift, Rift, and you used mm-hmm. an Xbox 360 controller or something like that. And then they came out with the it was like the Oculus Touch. And I remember looking at those controllers and being like, "What the hell? Like those are so weird looking." And now they're so natural in a VR space that uh, it, it seems like they're taking what they've learned and being like, "Yep, we need to go all in if we're going to do this again." And uh, it seems like they are. Hopefully it pays off because it looks really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a trend we see in pretty much every console generation as they change as we switch between console generations is we see uh, companies test different things like the Wii U with Nintendo. They had, you know, it was a console with the screen on the controller. And now we have the switch. They saw what was good out of that. They tested that. Obviously, the Wii U didn't sell as well as they wanted to, but they had that idea and they kind of put it out in the market. So it wasn't super weird when the switch was like, oh, this is just a better version. Um, mm-hmm. And we got that same thing with like the Xbox and the Connect, where the Connect then was included by requirement with the, you know, the Xbox, um, the Xbox One. Um, but yeah, and I think it's the same thing with Sony and their PSVR. I think they're just kind of, you know, it's they're they're following the course that they've set. They've they planned this type of thing, I'm sure, years ago. And now it's just they're finally able to bring it to fruition and show us all the leaps that they've come in technology. Yeah, I think what's it, insane. Is, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I think what's insane is the whole thing about VR is supposed to be like immersion. And the fact that they're putting the adaptive triggers in their controllers, like that's going to be so insane to actually like grab something in VR and feel the weight of it and feel the like pull of it. That's going to be so fun. I can't wait for that. And and there is a, a specific feedback thing I do want to get to in one in uh, one quick second. But uh, anyone or uh, Tom, I'm going to, I guess, ask you first and you can tell me if I'm completely off the mark. But just for those who don't know, since I mentioned it, foveated rendering is sort of an eye tracking technique, right? Yeah. So foveated rendering is I, I had to look it up, too. It was not a term I was intimately familiar with by any <laughs> means. The, this is going to have eye tracking, which as far as I know, is going to be, again, like assuming it doesn't get beat to market by something because we still don't know when this is going to come out, but this will be the first kind of like consumer headset that'll have eye tracking, which Mm -hmm. is really, really interesting. And I'm sure will become more common as time goes on. Uh, And foveated rendering is basically like 
it can see it, it uses eye tracking to see where you're looking and like either increase detail or it can it can basically manipulate how it renders the game based on where you're looking um which is just really cool and probably is going to be one of those buzzwords we hear a lot and then when you're actually playing the game you're not gonna like you're not gonna go like whoa the foveated rendering is so good <laughs> right like no one no one's gonna care about that word once it's out but it it will mean just like higher fidelity in practice, in theory. Yeah, and Tom, practice in theory. Go ahead, I have a quick question for Tom, based yeah. on your your total knowledge of this this new topic, this new buzzword. Uh-huh. Does this mean when I get in my tutorials for my VR games, I can just move my eyes to look up when it tells me to look up at this light to to calibrate and look down? Am I going to be able to just do that, or am I going to still have to lift my whole head? I'm just wondering how lazy I can be in VR. I mean, theoretically, they could use it that way, right? Like, I've used eye trackers just on PC before, and I'm actually a little bit nervous about this, I will say, because eye trackers on PC usually use, like, uh, like I, I think it's IR lasers, kind of, like, to see where your pupils are, and those, like, always give me headaches. So, like, okay. it's never something I've used, but I don't know what technology, obviously, they're using here. Um, so I wouldn't jump to the conclusion that it would here necessarily, but the the games that use eye tracking on PC, literally, it is basically just like they, if they want, they can use it as mouse input pretty much. So like theoretically, they could, if depending on the way that they've coded this and the way that they've built it and how extensive they've built it, they could let you just use your eyes to just like, you know, not move your head and just kind of like look left or look right to make a decision or whatever. Like that stuff is theoretically possible with what they're talking about. Yeah. It's either going to give you laser eye surgery or undo your laser eye surgery. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll get someone who has LASIK on the show and we'll, we'll see if, if it does anything to them and I don't have LASIK. So we'll see what it does to my eyesight after <laughs> reply. Um, but no, in addition to that, just on the tracking note, and then I do want to get to the sensory feedback stuff. Uh, this is also going to have inside out tracking. Uh, yeah. As well. Um, so it's going to we'll track have, my insides. It will track your intestinal flow. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, it's Sucks going to be to, them. It does. Uh, <laughs> with uh, with the amount of Taco Bell we might eat, it's not going to be fun. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> this, this essentially will have cameras integrated into the headset, so we'll be able to track you from there, which the, the Quest does as well, I believe. Um, yeah. And is, is really exciting compared to, you know, just using the uh, PlayStation uh, con- uh, camera, excuse me, that we used on, on PSVR and PS4. But Tom, I know you're really excited about this. This yeah. conversation's hurting my eyes. The, <laughs> <laughs> the distinction, right, is like the Index and Valve's headsets use these like outside trackers that are like these little boxes you have to mount in the corners of your room. And obviously that provides better tracking overall, but the ease of use of just having inside out tracking and not have like one of the one of the most frustrating parts about using psvr one was like if you turn around and suddenly your controllers are not in line with the camera and it has no idea Mm -hmm. where you are and like inside out tracking basically completely negates that right like you're as long as your controllers are within view of the headset which they almost always will be um it'll just be able to track them fine so that's su- that's another thing that is just like a really small thing that is going to mean a lot in terms of how easy this thing is to just pull out and play and not worry about. 
Yeah, which is uh, a godsend, especially when you're packing this thing up, because presumably you don't want to just keep a headset always out in front of your TV all the time. So, yeah, to right. be able to have such simple setup is super important. Uh, but in terms of that setup as well, Mark, you were talking about it, and I do want to focus on it for a second. The uh, the new controllers, which we had seen a few months back, are now officially called the Sense Controllers. No surprise there with Dual Sense. No. Uh, mm-hmm. It w- would have been funny if they had stuck with Dual Shock and then had to call these the Shock controllers. Uh, but <laughs> well, can, these... I, can I can I say one real one yes. one little uh, frustration one. I have with this whole naming convention? Yes. Uh, the Dual Shock controller is only one controller, and or the Dual Sense controller is only one controller, and the Sense controller is a pair of two. <laughs> Why did? <laughs> Tom, come to your senses, man. Come on, Tom. I, I'm just saying. It's, the know. two controllers are the it's sense, backwards. and the one controller is the dual sense. It doesn't make any yep. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's God. All right, now I'm broken with that. Now I can only really think about know. that for the rest of the episode. <laughs> ah, anyway, the controllers are going to, as as Mark had mentioned, they're going to have the adapt adaptive triggers. Excuse me, they are going to have um, some of the the haptic feedback that that the Dual Sense has, even though that is only one controller. Uh, these two <laughs> controllers will have that. Uh, it will be employing 3D audio as well as what they call headset feedback, which sounds like there is a little bit of the haptics in the headset. And I did want to. Uh, pulled this out. This this is from the the PlayStation blog uh, verbatim. They said, headset feedback is a new sensory feature that amplifies the sensations of in-game actions from the player. It's created by a single built-in motor with vibrations that add an intelligent tactile element, bringing players closer to the gameplay experience. For example, gamers can feel a character's elevated pulse during tense moments, the rush of objects passing close to the character's head, or the thrust of a vehicle as the character speeds forward. So if I get get hit with the the butt of a gun... Is it going to make your head (laughs) Yeah, I like to melee enemies in games. If I'm too close to an explosion, it's... I mean, yeah, I guess there obviously it'll be up to the developers to program it so that it's not painful to your head. But it, that seems really interesting to me that they essentially are going to build in some rumble that will be more than just like the old controller rumble. Like it will be probably a little closer to the dual sense of I, I, I think the like idea of an object going by your head is a really cool thought of like you know an axe being thrown or something and it whooshes by your head or something but Mm -hmm. i am curious how you all feel about this addition to the sort of sense aspect of the dual sense and the ps5 and the psvr2 wow i mean i'm ready i'm i'm just waiting for us to be able to go full dive vr one of these days so (laughs) i'm i'm all for it the more senses that we can add to vr the better for me well, this these controllers only have one, so it feels like a step back. But there's only um, sense, yeah, yeah. I I think it could be cool. There are things about the Dual Sense itself, the controller, that I'm like, this is cool. I'm gonna turn this off. I started playing Deep Rock Galactic last night, and the second I pulled the trigger, and it was like pulling a Gatling gun. I was like, nope, I turned it off because I I just don't super love that stuff. Um, and uh, in for like shooters, right? And so if I, if I'm playing a game and it feels like a bullet hit me in the side of the head or whatever because you feel a little bit of a like and i don't like it i'm just gonna turn it off that's the great thing about it is it's there if you want it and and you i'm sure you can turn it off mark you've got to use cover that's what cover systems are for (laughs) no i wore a helmet okay so i can take bullets 
I'm fine. <laughs> That's how helmets work, correct? Yes. That's how helmets work. Uh, Tom, what about you? Yeah, I, I, I remains to be seen, right? I think it's yeah. cool that they're doing stuff like this. You know, I, 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 I have a lot of respect for all of the different sort of things. Like, there's a lot of things you can point to in this PSVR spec to spec list. That's like, you can be like, wow, that like no other headset right now is doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have a lot of respect for that. Whether again, like, kind of like Mark was saying, whether it's actually functionally fun to use or not remains to be seen remains to be see, see how it is is actually used right but uh it's very very cool that it exists yeah i uh i certainly have no doubt that team asobi will figure out a fun way to use it uh, <laughs> right in some capacity uh, i didn't but, even think about that we're gonna get an astro vr game that would be well, so fun i've gotta assume astrobot rescue mission 2 or whatever they want to call it um is is gotta be an inevitability yeah they, um, they had mm-hmm. the sections of the first one where you had to like headbutt right so now it's oh yeah you did yeah now that's got rumbled. now it'll headbutt you Perfect. <laughs> I like that I had to physically do a headbutt to be like, yes, you're correct. I remember that. I remember uh, that's doing this. <laughs> uh, the video version of the show is going to be very strange. Uh, but yep. I, speaking of games, obviously, you know, PlayStation didn't reveal too much about the upcoming uh, lineup, but we did get one announcement, uh, which is one that had been rumored for a while. I, I had heard a little bit here and there about it, and so I'm glad to see it finally revealed. This is... Uh, a jointly produced game by Gorilla and Fire Sprite, the more recently acquired uh, team uh, who made the Persistence VR, which also had a non-VR mode. But uh, this is Horizon Call of the Mountain. Uh, mm-hmm. No no colon in there. I know we used a colon in the past for Horizon Zero Dawn, and there wasn't actually one in there in the title. There isn't There's one not. again here. There is nope. not. Uh, but anyway, Horizon Call of the Mountain is being co-developed by these two studios. Uh, it's going to be built specifically for PSVR 2 as far as we know. We don't have a ton of details about it. We just know it will go, quote, deeper into the world of Horizon. Uh, You're playing as a new character. You're not playing as Aloy. Mm -hmm. But I believe the PlayStation blog post did say uh, you'll meet Aloy as well as some other characters within the world, both new and returning. Um, And they'll they'll tell us some more information about our protagonist later on. Uh, The first teaser sort of shows this perspective of the person and another character seeing a tall neck from from the ground point of view and whatever else this game does. If it's just a tour through the world of Horizon Mm -hmm. for 20 minutes, seeing a a tall neck in that perspective just uh, is going to be so cool. (laughs) It's kind of like a futuristic Jurassic Park. I mean, if if they do that type of thing, we're just in the car, just on a rail. I'm sure there's going to be some type of gameplay element because, you know, that's if this this is one of their big budget, not big budget, so to flagship. speak, sure it is, but flagship yeah. type titles for PlayStation. There, there's got to be more to it than just a tour, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I would be fine if it's like an experience, but because uh, I don't know, I don't know how much like Horizon gameplay would translate to VR. Like, yeah, it's a lot of rolling with a VR headset on, um, <laughs> but uh it well, looks cool cable now it's easier to roll yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um but uh i can't wait to see those monsters in vr that'll be so fun seeing the tall neck it's it it's so tall so that'll be <laughs> I hope, fun i hope we get uh some elements of forbidden west or like being able to go underwater and stuff like that i would really love to see their underwater areas in vr i think that would be super gorgeous yeah, that could be we get a sort of a sense of at least like obviously this feels like somewhere between what we saw from Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, you know, given that it's, it's VR. But um, 
it still looks beautiful. The the sort of amount of detail you see just in like the tall neck's foot as it passes by you, like they very clearly are are trying to go all out with that. And so, yeah, whatever this experience end up ends up being, I know I'm saying experience, but as far as we know, it is a game that they are making like a full game. Uh, it I'm really excited and I think it shows a a confidence, at least in PSVR 2, that we need to get people to care about this thing. And it can't just be sort of unknowns or sort of experiences that look cool, but don't really have a tie to them. Like Horizon is one of the biggest PlayStation franchises now. And so to put this there feels like saying we want you to make sure this like sells well and that people care about this. So I'm I'm excited that this is one of the the first things out the gate, at least that we've seen. Uh, Tom, any thoughts on on the Horizon first look that we saw? No, I, I don't have like the highest expectations for it, but I'm also, that doesn't mean I'm like it looks really beautiful. But like, yeah, I, I, I always just feel like the, the first out of the gate sort of VR games like this are always usually just sort of like neat, right? Like it mm, shows off yeah. what it can do, but it's not going to be like blowing the doors off of anybody who hasn't already kind of seen VR in some capacity. But sure. that doesn't mean it's not like I think it's going to be bad or anything like mm-hmm. obviously no, sure. in a similar way, like uh astro's playroom right is like was that for the dual sense and obviously that game was a ton of fun right so like um yeah i i I, i'm not like holding my breath for this one but it's very cool that like you said they've already sort of come out and planted a flag and said we are going to support this with our main franchises is is encouraging for sure yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I totally get what you mean. I mean, even with PSVR, I loved a lot of the early stuff, but it wasn't until like 2018 where we started seeing Astrobot and Tetris Effect and things right. like Firewall and, and Iron Man in, in, in subsequent years. So, yeah, we the the fidelity and the the um, complexity did definitely evolve over time. And even though obviously we're starting from a better point here, I'm sure we'll see that sort of natural progression as well this time. Around. Maybe this is unfair of me, but this strikes me as PSVR 2's Rhombus of Ruin, right? Which was <laughs> a very fun VR game, but it was also very much like an intro to VR at that point, right? And I would not be surprised if they're using this as like a, a gateway to what PSVR 2 can do. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe why, I could be completely wrong. No, I agree, because it could give, you know, those maybe more casual consumers a reason like, hey, you should want to try VR. Right. And like this is one of your our big characters. This is one of, you know, you may love Horizon. Try this out. Maybe you'll love VR and, you know, give, you know, as I think it's a good good use of that. Yeah, yep. this is an excellent game to have when we're all able to go to stores again and put on VR headsets and <laughs> try for 10 minutes before you uh, a kid convinces a parent to buy it. But yeah, it's uh, Fire Sprite. They have a lot of experience with VR, so I have no doubt on that side. Things are well handled. And then Gorilla obviously knows Horizon very well. So we'll sure. be able to uh, hopefully the, the marriage of those two together will, will lead to something very fun. Yeah. Uh, but th- those are sort of the initial details we got. The, the one game that we saw. And so that leaves us with a couple of obviously big questions, including price and release date, which are unknown at this point. Um, We if you want to go based on the reveal of the name of PS5, we got that in January of a year and it came out in November of that year. You could Mm -hmm. argue the PSVR 2 will come out this year, but obviously I want you all to potentially be embarrassed in the future. So I'm going to ask you all, myself included, to come up with. I will give you a release month. You don't have to come up with a day, but bonus points for the day. Uh, release day or month and a price that you think this thing is going to come out at. And I'll go first. Yeah. Mark, yeah. Uh, I think it'll I think it'll be October. OK. I, I, 
Yeah. Uh, wait, do you actually want me to say a day? No, no. Only if oh, you, okay. you're really confident about it. No, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think October makes sense. I think, you know, PlayStation doesn't do E3, but they always do some sort of showcase around that time. And they've already kind of said that they would show more PSVR stuff in spring. Um, so I expect there to be some sort of E3 blowout uh, for PSVR 2 and for it to release this holiday. I think it totally makes sense for it to come out this holiday. It's been in the it's been in the works for a while, so I'm sure it's time. It's fair. And uh, price. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. <laughs> so a quest two is what? Three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And I think we established before the show that the PSVR was two fifty when it launched. It, it, it launched at four hundred for the whole bundle. Jeez, man. All right. But that, I mean, that's not, that honestly sounds about right. Probably about probably around 400. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Uh, Jada, what about you? So uh, I have a really good luck with things dropping on my birthday. So I'm <laughs> going to go with a my birthday's November 17th. So I'm going to say there's going to be a midnight like launch thing November 17th, but it's going to fully release the 18th, the day after my birthday. Right. So I'm going to say it's that that's I'm going full day, day and date. Love and it. And I'm going to say 449. I'm going to go a little bit pricier. I think okay. it's going to be that midpoint between the uh, digital and the disc version of PS5. OK, man, you're really lucky. Yeah, your birthday. It's a Thursday into a Friday. You have that perfectly lined up there. And that's, oh, yeah, I'm taking that whole I'm going to take like basically that whole like two weeks off as you should, <laughs> because the PSVR 2 will be out then. Exactly. Um, right. so, it's going to be lost. I'm going to be lost in the horizon. Exactly. Uh, that mountain will call to you. Uh, and then, Tom, what about you? Uh, yeah, I I think in a normal n- non-pandemic uh, sort of era, I would go a little earlier with Mark. But I think probably November, maybe even early December, late November, early December feels more realistic to me just with like the global supply chain issues that will mm-hmm. probably continue to plague this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I would be willing to bet holiday as well sometime. And then price is a little trickier. The quest being two hundred or three hundred dollars is really like I, I think that's aggressive pricing from Oculus. So yes. I would probably also lean towards the four hundred range for this, mm-hmm. um, especially because it doesn't have the whole tech of an entire you know computer in it, but it does have a much higher quality screen and a lot more other sort of bells and whistles and that sort of stuff. So yeah, I think probably 400 sounds about right. I think if they start getting higher than that, it's like mm-hmm. missing the point of a console VR headset in this to a certain degree. Yeah. What, you what, just what, reminded me how annoying it's going to be to get these things. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's just the world we live in now. Every yeah. time something new comes out, it's impossible to get. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, this this uh this might have less sil- might use less silicon than the rest of them because it doesn't have to process its own games. It's true. We um yeah, this is a weird one with with price because as opposed to where they could sell the PSVR headset without it because technically people had PlayStation Move controllers, but like who right. really did? Right. Um, these are brand new controllers that you have to have probably to play most of the coolest VR uh things. So yeah, I mm-hmm. I. 
think there will that will be the the base bundle will have the the headset and the two controllers uh i'm gonna say just to be a little bit different jada i'm gonna say it comes out the week before you said so i'm gonna say november 10th into the 11th because i think november is 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 Mm -hmm. likely as well but uh i'm gonna say weirdly it's gonna be 350 or 349 um that would be competitive yeah i i for me at least it's like I keep going back and forth of whether they're going to know that it's going to be a niche thing regardless. And so sell it for a bit Mm -hmm. more and get as much as possible or sell it for a little bit cheaper because people are still going to be upset. They can't even get your system to begin with. (laughs) Um, Do you think do you think we're still going to be struggling to find PS fives in November? I do. It's ridiculous. It's it's like I start to get like physically mad about it that I walk into a target and I'm like, why are there even spaces for PlayStation fives here? Like, what is the point of this? Like, yeah. they're never going to be here. It's no, I mean, really not to get dumb. super down, but just on the based on the way that things have looked for the supply chain and the discussions around that worldwide, as well as just general talk about chip shortages and, and, and production shortages and the proliferation we have seen with bots and scammers mm. and things like that. I assume it will continue to be tough through at least this next holiday unfortunately i I hope i'm wrong like i would love to have a discussion in november where we're like oh my god 30 million people got playstation 5s it was wonderful but like i i am pessimistically expecting that to not be the case well the yeah the problem is scalpers right when you think of psvr2 it's like is the demand going to be as high as just playstation 5 it really doesn't matter because the scalpers are going to buy every single one of them regardless so they're going to be hard to find no matter what and that's why you gotta stay tuned to ign deals sponsored by seth macy no he didn't ask me to do that um but yeah it's we'll we'll see what happens thank you mark uh we'll see what happens there but i'm i'm hopeful we get more uh psvr2 information soon as uh, mark as you saying they're saying spring was this episode of podcast beyond is brought to you by nordvpn a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace are you tired of streaming shows movies or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space well switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. 
To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. When we were to expect details, so hopefully we get to see a few more games. Hopefully, we get a look at the actual headset a bit more. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, VR is is always something that uh, you know isn't going to be the dominant part of the PlayStation conversation, but is worth continuing to focus on as we will into the year ahead. But uh, 2022, regardless of whether PSVR 2 comes out this year, uh, is still going to be very very busy. And so I just wanted to kind of like take a brief look at the rest of this year because both on the i think first party side the console exclusive side and the multi-platform side like barring things getting delayed and there will inevitably some be some mm-hmm. delays this year still has the potential to i think be one of the busiest gaming years in in memory um and yeah. on the on the playstation side alone as of right now and and playstation has been pretty good at uh revealing things throughout the year and maybe dropping surprises here and there even if it's with third parties but uh right now on the docket from first parties we know we're getting horizon forbidden west in february uh mm-hmm. gran turismo 7 in march and then god of war ragnarok at some point this year um in any year, I would think that would be a pretty phenomenal lineup for any one publisher <laughs> to put out. Um, you know, obviously the the final quality of these games notwithstanding, the potential there is so huge. Um, of of the three, and and granted, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this is probably not the biggest Gran Turismo crowd at IGN, and I will probably check in with IGN Australia. But uh, of those three, I guess which are you most looking forward to? And Jade, I'll start with you. God of War. Hands yeah. down. I love Horizon. Um, Gran Turismo is, is fun for a couple weeks for me because I'm not a big simulation racer. But God of War 2018 just really blew me away with how they adapted the, the Greek um, uh, mythology and everything around that. I love I love Greek mythology. So everything I'm sorry, not Greek. I apologize. Norse. I love okay. Norse mythology. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I love God of War. So like everything Greek, Norse. I'm I'm excited to see how uh, it wraps up the tale because I've said that this is going to be the end of this kind of chapter. This is going to be like kind of the end chapter for this story and to see how they kind of potentially maybe set up the next pantheon of gods that we're going to see in the following God of War. But the new God of War looks amazing. I'm excited to see how Atreus has grown. I'm excited to see the new dynamic between an older son and, uh, you know, the lessons he's learned from Kratos. Um, but yeah, God of War, it just it looks fantastic from the trailer we've got. I cannot wait. Um, and I, I, I definitely think we're going to get that this, get this this year. 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's one of the big questions. And and after we go through this, I do want to ask about that. But Mark, what about you? What, what are you <laughs> that's that's what I was going to talk about. So I'll just, <laughs> I, was gonna, uh, I put out a tweet uh, on the first of the year and I, I said my most anticipated games were Horizon, Starfield, Elden Ring, Zelda and Tiny Tino's Wonderland. And a lot of people responded and was like, what about God of War Ragnarok? Well, a couple things. So to answer your, your question, Dornbush. To to answer your question, uh, Forza or not Forza, uh, the other one. That's my most anticipated uh-huh. game. Yeah, of course. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember the name of it. Uh, no, Horizon. That's the one. Horizon Forbidden West is my most anticipated game right now of of any game. Uh, the game's going to be really really cool, and I every time I see it, I I think, man, this is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait to play it. I love the original. But also, I, I am not convinced that God of War Ragnarok is coming out this year. I yeah. would not be surprised if that game got pushed back in it in a world where, for one, the game's already been pushed back because it said 2021 originally uh, in a world where we haven't seen a whole lot of it. We, we saw a pretty lengthy trailer and there's still a ton of time of this year left, obviously. <laughs> uh, but in a world where every game is getting delayed, almost every big game is like, hey, we need a little bit more time, pandemic stuff. And and there's going to be there's a the 2021 2020 was the year where everybody went home. 2021 was the year that everybody stayed home. 2022 is the year where companies are trying to transition back into office, which is going to create more problems, I think, yeah. than if they were to just stay home right so i i'm not completely convinced that god of war ragnarok is a 2022 game i see it more of a february march of 2023 game okay and i do want to get to to release predictions uh in a second but yeah but tom what about you um of most anticipated between of the those? three yeah yeah uh god of war yeah yeah um definitely for a lot of the reasons jada said already basically i <laughs> I liked Horizon, but it just didn't like capture me as much as God of War did. And so I Horizon looks beautiful, but Mm -hmm. um, God of War is just the one I'm more excited to play at this moment for sure. And then, yeah, unfortunately, uh, I'm just not much of a racing game guy generally, but I'm sure Luke. Uh, Luke Riley in the Australia <laughs> screaming Gran Turismo 7 from the mountaintops. So, yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll have to record an episode of Beyond a little later to be able to catch them as we get into March to to talk about Gran Turismo with them. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in a weird place because, yeah, I've, God of War 1 is, I, I would say, probably my favorite game of all time. Um, it's 2018 by one. I mean, not the original God of War. Um, numbers are hard. OK. Uh, mm-hmm. I cannot, cannot wait for Ragnarok. I am also a little bit split on the date, but the thing for me is what made God of War so incredible. I feel like they just need to kind of maintain in the sequel. I'm sure they'll surprise us and I'm sure there'll be things we, we don't expect, but I feel like at least from what I've seen, Horizon has a like higher ceiling to to run to kind of reach toward um, because I think the, the first game is really great. I loved it a lot. There are some things that I think could have been improved, and it feels like the sequel is really addressing a lot of those, Um, whereas I felt that less about God of War. So I guess I'm just kind of like, I just hope God of War Ragnarok is satisfying in the same way that God of War 2018 was, whereas Horizon could surprise me in ways 
Not that Ragnarok can't, but I'm sort of expecting it more from Horizon, I guess, at this point. You said you said God of War needed to be. It, it totally confused me. You meant Okay, Horizon, sorry. I, I just kept going. No, <laughs> I was uh, like, I'm, I'm lost. Okay. God of War. I'm good. I th- a God of War feels like a known quantity to me in, mm-hmm. in the sense of like what the sequel could be. I feel like I have a pretty good idea, even though we've seen less of it. Whereas Horizon, I feel like they made a really good fundamental in the same way they did of like Assassin's Creed 1. Mm-hmm. I could see the jump to Forbidden West feeling a little bit like the jump to Assassin's Creed 2, whereas God of War, I'd be surprised if it made that jump just because the first game is so good. Not to say that the first Horizon is bad, but I just see the like. The this one seems like it uh, is changing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and yes. and the way they're it, it, it seems a lot of like proof of concept stuff that they were getting mm-hmm. down in terms of the uh, the way that you could take down enemies and, and the exploration, the things like that. And it's like, OK, they built all of that. Now they need now they have so much room to improve on that. And just seeing the variety of enemies we're seeing, like I know we talked about at the end of last year, Mark, but like the snake, the snake is ah. just so cool. And, and just the idea that they're going to be expanding on things in that way and with traversal and all that stuff. Whereas with God of War, I'm sure there will be things that surprise me and things I'm not expecting. And we've granted, we have only seen three minutes and talked to the devs very little, but I just like, I will be very shocked to see what those major changes are because I feel mm-hmm. like they had so much of those fundamentals, at least for me, kind of it excel so well in the first game is kind of, yeah, if, I feel like the formula, sense. I feel like the formula for God of War uh, doesn't need to evolve too much for Ragnarok. I feel like it's, they really nailed the that change in formula and foundation when they made 2018. The you know the addition of the Leviathan Axe and the addition of of Atreus as a, a a partner. Like there's just so much stuff that they already laid the groundwork for in 2018's God of War that they don't need to go and reinvent the wheel for Ragnarok. So I feel like that's why I feel like we're gonna get it this year. And I'll go ahead and jump into dates. Yeah, right give, now. Give me a date. Uh, so <laughs> on her birthday. God of War, I wish. <laughs> With PSVR, there's going to be a God of War PR game. Um, throw the Viathan X like a god. Um, I've already done their marketing <laughs> slogan. Um, what you call it? 2018 dropped April 20th. 420, baby. Um, and so I'm going to say, I'm going to invert it. And we're going to go 24, which means it's going to be August. Because if you go 12 and then 8, it would be August okay. 4th, 2022. Okay. That's my I like guess. that. I'm... So lost, but I'm with you. <laughs> so you think in August, okay. you get it? Or I'm sorry, not August fourth, August eighth, right? No, August fourth. So, so many 4th. numbers. Okay, I, yeah, August fourth. I'll take That's it. what I want. Eight four. I'll take it. Eight four twenty twenty two. That works. That works for me. However, the math worked to get there. We got there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, what about it's... you? What's your delay? Yeah, no, action, I guess I'm, I'm <laughs> sticking with it. I I think it's spring or yeah i think it's february march 2023 okay and i know all the comments are gonna be like what no god of war is coming out this year because i want it and it's gonna be ps5 only because they listen to the fans no it's it's i think it's i think it's uh i think it's next year but i'm also fine if i'm wrong because i'm wrong almost all the time I mean, the thing is, even if it doesn't come out this year, we still have Horizon and Gran Turismo and probably some other surprises coming. So it's not like it's going to be a mm-hmm. down year if it gets delayed. But yeah. And uh, Tom, Forspoken. And Forspoken. Yeah, we got some third parties to talk about in a bit. But yeah, uh, Tom, what about you? So I really disagree with Mark. <laughs> wow. Hey, taste take, the comments already. Uh, what is this, my Twitter feed? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I said respectfully, okay? <laughs> oh, you know um, what? Yeah, that's the difference because on yeah. Twitter, they don't give a fuck. They don't care I, about me at all. I'm going, uh, and, I, and don't at me when this is horribly wrong, but uh, I am semi-confidently saying end of April or first week of May. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The reason I'm saying that. Wait, of, of this of year? this year. Yeah. Because. Th- that's two months away, Tom. Yeah, you know. No, it's three <laughs> months. Three, four. <laughs> yeah, three, four. You're crazy. I'm uh, going to at you right now. <laughs> every, every God of War, every mainline God of War game, including Ascension, has come out either in March, March or April. April. Yep. Um, and God of War 2018 came out in April 20th, and its release date was announced at the end of January. So, like, yeah. them announcing the release date three months away at the beginning, at the end of January is, like, They've already they already did that with God of War 2018. So like and yes, everything got delayed, but like the game, this game already got delayed. And yeah, games right. get delayed multiple times all mm-hmm. the time. But like I'm more confident that they wouldn't delay it out of 2022 because they already did delay it out of 2021. And then at the end of 2021, they showed us gameplay. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm. I'm more optimistic. And again, this could be completely wrong because I think all the points y'all laid out are completely valid as well, right? Like it Mm -hmm. it could be very, very easily roll that direction instead. But like I'm a little bit optimistic in terms of that we'll be playing this game, you know, in spring. That that would be such a wild uh, year, just beginning of the year for PlayStation. Yeah. Is if they were able to get that game out, which worries me a little only because now i i love both consoles so just don't even but uh x xbox had such a hold on fall this year mm-hmm. um where it was like forza and then halo that there were so many people that the the big conversation was like playstation needs to catch up and it's like because people completely forgot how many games that they released last year but because they didn't have a fall game it's like xbox is dominating um it, it would it would it seems it would seem weird to me that they would try to front load again and then once again have nothing for fall unless PSVR 2 is their fall thing. Right. Uh, only because Xbox, we already know that they have a strong fall with Starfield and uh, and I I think Hellblade is going to be a fall game as well. So it, it, it's it's a it would be a little worrisome for them to, <laughs> to front load so much and then uh, once again bow out of bow out of fall see, see the funny thing is i'm way less confident starfield is coming out this year yeah. than i am god of war <laughs> <laughs> that day I, i'm not very very yeah I uh, like i'm not because they, they announced they announced fallout 4 and then they the first time they showed fallout 4 was e3 2015 and the game was out three months later sure yeah so. that's true but also fallout 4 was you know just kind of an evolution of fallout it wasn't a whole new ip so I think that's right. You know, that's going for it. I mean, not to you know knock the developers on it, but because they're obviously very talented people. But I think Starfield is going to be that February, March of next year. I think I would not be shocked if it gets pushed. But yeah, I Mark, just to your point of the like the conversation thing, I think it comes down to whether Sony cares, because I like sure. n- not to 
say it's the right or wrong approach, but I do think Sony has kind of been operating from a place recently of like, when we speak, people listen, and it kind of doesn't matter the timing. Right. That's the reason they don't sure. go to E3, the reason they don't go to Gamescom uh, in full force. You know, they, they Shuhei appeared at, at opening that live uh, around Gamescom and, and, you know, briefly, or was that E3? I don't remember. One of those and, and briefly appeared to discuss things. Um, they had the Horizon trailer at the Game Awards. Like, they'll show up at things, but what Sony will speak when it feels like speaking. And so as long as they sold well enough for them, because obviously sales were a, a little bit more down, I think, in the last quarter than they had hoped. But if things are going well, they usually almost consistently left the fall up to third parties during the PS4 mm. life cycle, save for like Spider-Man in September. Mm-hmm. So I, I really wouldn't be shocked if they still keep out of fall with maybe a surprise here or there. But um, just to put a button on it to continue, because Tom, your line of thinking was what I was going to say. So I am going to pull another move from the Sony playbook and say they are going to plan to release it. Whether or not it gets delayed, I don't know. But I think they're going to announce a release date for June of this year mm-hmm. because they also love to release games in June, typically right when we're all busy about to go to E3. Um, That's true. Yeah, That's they, true. June is a really big month for them. And whether it's been The Last of Us series mm-hmm. or uh, Ratchet and Clank, I believe last year was June, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. They do like using that no window as well. Um, yeah, it's impossible to find out, but they really like that June, uh, especially for their some of their biggest games. And so I think putting God of War there is not only just a statement that they're still confident in the future of the series, but also a good place where PlayStation players kind of know to expect something. Um, so with Horizon most likely sticking to February, I wouldn't be shocked if it maybe gets a week or two delay. But like, I think it's going to pr- pretty much stay there at this point and Gran Turismo out in March. I feel like you give a little bit of room and then God of War in June. The, uh, the, if you want to go real, like Pepe Silvio numbers on the walls. Like, oh, let's do it. Uh, they released horizon on PC in August and then horizon two is coming six months after that. They're releasing <laughs> God of War on PC in January, this month. And so you could say June, July is July is six months after that. So it could be that that they're using the PC releases as like six month early marketing for the game. Maybe I mean that I, that is in what I've said on the show is like the PC releases for them are marketing for their sequels and a chance yeah. to get extra life at these games. So I t- you're, I totally think you're right there in terms of It'll like July. G- God of War which, coming out now means it's coming. Here comes my August fourth, which, which <laughs> is yeah, exactly. which is why exactly. I believe that they're going to announce something Uncharted this year. Because they're, they're doing this yeah. big push. And I, I said mm-hmm. it on either last show or the show before that, that they're they're putting out a PS5, making a big deal about it, and then also doing the PC version later because they got something Uncharted in the works and sure. they want to drum up the hype for it again. We're going to get think... an Uncharted VR puzzle, like puzzle solving. No, no. <laughs> I, I, whether it comes soon or not, I'm, just, I'm totally with you in terms of like, there's no way the Uncharted series is done. Yeah. No, way. no yeah. way. That is a series that will get another entry at some point. Um, moving on from there, though, of those three, obviously, uh, Mark, you had mentioned Forspoken, and we are looking at uh, potentially a lot of really cool, uh, both sort of AAA and, and more indie sort of uh, exclusives on the PlayStation side. Again, that we know of, there will probably be more announced, but Forspoken, Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, Sifu and Stray were the ones that came to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Um 
most immediately. Forspoken is, I believe, May. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo doesn't have a release date at this point. Sifu is in February. It actually had its release date moved up at the end of last year, so it's coming earlier in February. And then Stray is set for sort of nebulously 2022. Um, the, the four of those, I think, will help you know, pad out the calendar. We'll probably see some other games. There's stuff like Little Devil Inside, which mm-hmm. got that state of play, but literally did not even have a release year put on it then. So who knows when that's coming? Uh, and then just sort of just to to add to that, uh, as we were all sort of hinting at, the rest of this year is also stacked. Again, other things might get delayed, but uh, this year there are a ton of big third party games. And so just to give a quick shout to some of them, uh, some of the ones we're most looking forward to. Uh, Tom, I'll start with you. What what really is like sticking out to you? exclusive or third party wise like multiplat what what's most exciting to you um i'm i i was tentatively going to say dying light 2 for this just because dying light 1 was such a like wonderful surprise right and yeah. that i'm excited to play dying light 2 as well that said i'm like really nervous about that game just be given its development struggles mm-hmm. and kind of the process it's gone through so like i'm holding my breath a little bit on that one uh, mm-hmm. The game I'm really excited to just like see more of and play more of this year uh, on on PlayStation that or that's coming to PlayStation is Marvel's Midnight Suns, which mm-hmm. is that like yep. from the XCOM team Marvel game that just looks really wild <laughs> and like uh, it, it's obviously not just XCOM because they like not doing the grid and there's like cards involved, but it's speaking my language with all those things um, mm-hmm. and. I'm excited to see a new Marvel game that's doing something different because we had like, obviously this is not PlayStation exclusive, but we had uh, Marvel, uh, the the Switch game. I can't remember the name, totally blanking on it now. But Ultimate that was Alliance 3? Yes, thank you. Ultimate <laughs> Alliance 3, which was like a co-op beat-em-up. And then we had Marvel's Avengers, which was like a co-op beat-em-up. Um, and so I'm excited for like a Marvel game that's, lots of marvel characters that is not just sort of like punchy game right like a strategy game with different sort of gameplay is it entices me and i'm i'm again this could be another one of those games that's like is it what was it i am totally blanking the name also of the XCOM kind of spin-off game chimera squad that they made Mm -hmm. that now in retrospect feels like it was experimenting with stuff that they're putting into this game probably with some of the character development stuff that they've already showed off and so that game was only okay, but like I'm excited to see some of those experiments expanded upon potentially. Um, yeah, I'm just this, this one really looks interesting to me. Yeah, d- definitely. As you said, even if Chimera Squad wasn't sort of like the apex of what they've done, they are they have such an incredible pedigree. Uh, it seems like they're sort of adapting the 90s, like Midnight Sun comic line, and they seem to be very big fans of that based on yeah. sort of the developer talks we've gotten. I'm with you. I can't wait for this one. It was supposed to come out in March, but got delayed till a little later in the year. Uh, sort right. of a nebulous release date at this point. But yeah, this one could be a really fun, different take, as you were saying, sort of on Marvel games we've gotten recently. Uh, Jada, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Uh, Strangers of Paradise is for me. That one's coming up pretty soon. I think that's like end of March, I believe, is the release date for that one. Um, I love Souls games. I love Final Fantasy, and this is putting them both together. Uh, These are the developers, I believe they did Neo. Um, And I just recently started playing that, and I'm really digging that. Um, And I just, you know, I played the, the demo that they released, the second demo for Strangers of Paradise back in like October or November. Um, and I was, I'm super sold on just the combat, the gameplay, the customization. Um, I was able to play co-op with my partner, like 
super easy for a Souls game, like getting into co-op, I mean. Not the game was easy, because it definitely wasn't. <laughs> um, but I really just love the systems and everything they've put in place. It'll be interesting to see how the world kind of evolves and what other, you know, kind of characters we see show up. Because, um, like, we see Garland show up um, as one of the the villains in the demo. Um, and so I'm interested to see who else we get to, you know, what other famous characters. I got to see Coorals, I got to see Bombs, I got to see all types of different um, enemies that are Final Fantasy, and I, I just love it in this action format. So um, I've spent, you know, playing a lot of turn-based Final Fantasy, and so, like, Tom is looking forward to something slower-paced for the Marvel-type RPG. I'm ready <laughs> for some more faster-paced things like Strangers of Paradise to kind of fill that itch between um scratch that itch between um final fantasy 7 remake part one and part two so yeah this one looks really cool it is funny you mentioned the garland thing it feels like based on some comments nomura was making they really hoped that was going to be a surprise in the game and then they just kind of put it in the trailers and it, it felt like that i've been working on the story and you just tweeted it out uh yep. sort of responses <laughs> but uh it still looks really cool i hopefully the game wasn't sort of just built around that twist but yeah i i played a bit of the demo didn't do co-op but it it was a lot of fun um i sort of got to a point where i was like okay i don't want to invest too much time in the demo when i'm just gonna mm-hmm. play the full game uh it yeah I'm, I'm really excited for this one as well and as as he said while we're waiting for remake part two and 16 and things like that this seems like a very cool sort of like midpoint to jump into uh, spe- speaking of, of Souls likes and, and Souls games in general, uh, Mark, you're, you're looking forward to something. Yeah, Elden Ring <laughs> is going to be my world when that game comes out. Uh, I Over the break, I every Christmas break, I really dive into something. And this year it was it was the Souls games. I played so much Dark Souls, the original uh, remastered, because I never played the remastered version, and it is so much fun. And I never played Demon's Souls back when that came out. And so Dark Souls remastered, I'm playing co-op with a friend. And so yes. if she's not on, I'm not playing it really, because that's how co-op in that game works is you can't really progress too far without the other person because it's not drop in um and so when i'm by myself i'm playing demon souls and demon souls for one the prettiest game i feel like i've ever seen holy cow that game is so good looking yeah and it is it is so much fun so i cannot wait to dive into a modern beautiful open world souls you know dark souls 4 with the compass thank god there's a compass um <laughs> i i <laughs> and a map. i can't i can't wait for this game yeah exactly like it's doing everything it's the next step of evolution for dark souls to me is uh they could have gone dark souls 4 and just made another like you know metroidvania type of game and i would have loved it and i would have played it and everybody would have had a great time but this seems like that next step and uh, i i can't wait for this game and i a couple of news stories broke over the christmas break where uh uh, Miyazaki was talking about how they were intimidated by how good Demon Souls looks, and they felt this like sort of pressure to try to make Elden Ring look. At, for one, Elden Ring looks gorgeous. It does. For two, it's open world, so it's a little bit different there. Uh, and for three, I, I think everybody just wants this game to play great, and people have already played it, and it, they they say it does. So, like, I, I just this game is going to be everything I want. I, I cannot wait. Look at that horse. He just jumped a thousand feet in the Your air. horse can do a double jump, right? 
Yep. It's amazing. Yep. Is, yeah. What else in, do you need in the game? <laughs> I double jumped into the ocean trying to hit one of those air drafts during the nice. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, unless the ocean holds all the secrets of the game. Uh, but yeah, this one is going to probably dominate a lot of the conversation. It comes a week after Horizon, which is, right. you know, Horizon going up against another massive open world game. Never happened to that series before. Uh, so. what, what I'm hoping for is get Horizon blast through it like i not not that i want to disrespect the game at all but i i think you could probably get through it fairly quickly uh and then and then have in time for elden ring also everybody knows it's no secret we work at ign so when we get these games it'll be a little weird so it's not going to be like a whole you know like it's a week before it, it may be you know oh you haven't times, already been but. playing horizon i've I have to wait. I'm, I'm going to personally have to I'm wait kidding, for I'm my kidding. Horizon. I bought the, the Regala edition, that like $300 uh, okay, nice. monster collectors. Oh, it wow. The, it was one of the few PlayStation franchises I don't have like a statue or something on my in my collectible list. So I was like, this nice. is the perfect time to get something Horizon. So, yeah, I have to wait. We tried to get that ships. We tried to get the Elden Ring special edition and it impossible. It like crashes yeah. websites like <laughs> <laughs> so hard. Yeah. This one, I'm I'm very excited. As someone who also just within the last year or so because of Demon Souls was pretty much my start into Souls games has really gotten into them. Uh, I know they're obviously very much not everyone's uh, cup of tea, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I I guess it's going to be so, so fun if what everyone has said about it, it lives up to. Um, did you beat yeah, demon souls i did beat demon souls yes yeah you did okay yeah yeah uh from what i've i'm hearing conflicting reports my uh mm-hmm. brother-in-law is one of those like he knows everything about dark souls right he knows he just knows everything about that game he's like oh you're in an orlando i know how to get there in 30 minutes and you're like man it took me 19 hours um <laughs> he says that dark souls is like easier than demon souls where the person i'm playing with she says that demon souls is leagues easier than dark souls the dark so souls is way harder so my, my only thought is demon souls can be much easier if you go all in on magic which i did for my first run because there's a spell that you get in the magic class that is like ridiculously overpowered yeah. um if you level it up and that can like that can make boss fights nothing because you can just stand back and kind of throw volleys at them and it's just it's nothing so Um, i'd say demon souls is tougher if you're playing it like a traditional playthrough like a first playthrough it's tougher but it's easier to exploit things in demon souls than it is in dark souls whereas dark souls has a more kind of balanced difficulty curve uh regardless you think you can you can try to cheese things and some things you'll be able to cheese in dark souls series but not always Oh, yeah. I on my, you know, 17th attempt of fighting Ornstein and Smau, I was like, I know everything about these guys. And then he all of a sudden Ornstein just like backhands me. And I was like, he never did that once <laughs> in 17. Why did where did he get this move? Yep. Like, what the hell? The fun of a Souls game when they don't use your moves. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's I, I would say, yeah, Demon Souls, if you're using the magic. But I think Jada's on the money with. Yeah, if you're playing them sort of equally, probably the other way then. But uh, yeah, I can't can't wait for Elden Ring. I'm sure we'll be talking about it a lot on the show. Uh, we'll we'll also probably try to bring in Mitchell to get his advice on on he and and Jada can can coach us on how to actually <laughs> half the game. But uh, other than that, yeah, just quickly to mention on my end, uh, very we're in this weird situation. I wrote about it in sort of a preview of 2022 piece that Mark also did the editor on the PlayStation side of. Uh, 
WB Games has four potential games coming out this year, and I would not be shocked if one of them gets delayed. Uh, but right now, I am really, really hopeful that Gotham Knights is awesome. Um, obviously, sure. Rocksteady has the pedigree with the the Arkham Knight trilogy, or the Arkham trilogy, excuse me, uh, and WB Games lasted... Uh, uh, what was that one called? I can't even remember. Origins? Origins, thank Origins, you. The one where they yes. Yeah. yeah, which I definitely think had some open world fatigue problems going on with it but i think the story was really well done i think their approach to bruce and and the the villains in that game was excellent and so if they're applying that to a wider view of the arkham or you know of the batman universe and introducing uh the court of owls which is just a phenomenal villain arc in the batman comics like if they're able to pull all that off and make it really interesting and spooky and exciting and and make you feel powerful against all these enemies i'm hopeful for this one uh it's again you know it's still to be seen what the like experience of playing it is going to be like with progression and things of that nature uh because you can play as one of four different bat family members uh mm-hmm. because batman is dead he's definitely not dead but uh we'll we'll see what happens there but i think their approach to gotham and their approach to like having these bil- villains have sort of these sectors that they're in control of and and you having to go and approach them the way you want to could potentially be really awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that one plays out, but yeah, I think that one also probably is most likely to come out this year. <laughs> um, but we'll see. There's also uh, Lego Star Wars, uh, Hogwarts Legacy, and Suicide Squad from WB Games. So we'll see mm-hmm. which of those four actually comes out. But uh, this year is ridiculously packed, and we're going to have a ton of those games to cover, hopefully, in the months to come on the show. Uh, but before we get to covering all of those, I do want to briefly just mention the games you can actually play this month on PlayStation Plus. I do want to give those a quick shout-out. Uh, they're currently available to download right now. The three games are Deep Rock Galactic, Persona 5 Strikers, and Dirt 5. Um, now, if I'm reading the run of show correctly, Tom, you're the only person on the show who's played the Deep Rock Galactic, correct? I don't know True. what happened there. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a damn minute. <laughs> Even though Mark mentioned earlier in the show that he had played some Deep Rock Galactic, I'm pretty sure, yep. Tom, you're the only one who has played Deep Rock Galactic. Tom's just going to go through and resolve all my comments. You haven't anymore. <laughs> Um, but no, this is this is a multiplayer game that has been available on other platforms. Uh, PC, yep. Xbox, I believe, uh, is is making its PlayStation debut on PlayStation Plus, which is always great for a uh, this is a cooperative multiplayer game, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know you. Sorry. Said so play this game. <laughs> I know you both have played. But yeah, Tom, I just want to start with you. I, you've you've told me to play this game for a long time. So I just wanted to start yeah. with you. What do you love so much about Deep Rock Collective? Yeah. And if you want to play it on like, I love this game so much. I've played this game on and off through its early access period. And then also when it came out of early access, I played a bunch of it all on PC. And like, I would play more of it on PlayStation with you because I like it so much. Like it is uh, you're going to look at it. And you're going to be like, these graphics are kind of weird, right? Although maybe in the Minecraft generation, that doesn't really matter. But like, Mm -hmm. it is so much more than it looks on the surface. It's basically kind of like structured Left 4 4 Dead-ish style where you are Mm -hmm. like four people co-op going into a place to complete an objective. Uh, Except in this case, you're all space dwarves and you Mm -hmm. get launched onto an asteroid underground to mine out a bunch of minerals and there's a bunch of other different types of objectives and it has completely deformable terrain. And then you got to get all those things. Usually the most basic thing is you mine a bunch of minerals, you put them on a thing and then you get back to your escape pod to leave. Um, 
And there's some persistence with like the minerals you collect, let you you level up your characters. There's four different classes that you can level up different parts of them. You can customize them. You can get different equipment, but it's like all in-game progression. It is just immensely satisfying. The gunplay when you're fighting these hordes of bugs while they're coming at you is really, really fun. Like it is just a, it's, it, I will say it is significantly, significantly more fun with friends, but Thing that is so exciting about this being on ps plus is that it's like like you should just convince your friends to try this game a little bit right like just get mm-hmm. three buddies and just try it because it is really 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 fun yeah that's that's what i did last night was uh my wife and our other friend i was like yo it's two gigabytes yeah. uh you know just download <laughs> it really quick yeah. uh because the, the game is procedurally generated every time you like the the missions are procedurally generated they they are on a timer that will change every so often um the mid- the missions the ones that i've played are, are largely the same it's like yeah, collect they- two two types of minerals one being the secondary objective yeah uh is that is that correct tom like they don't really simple and they get wider so like okay initially it's just collect a couple types of minerals then there'll be like there's an escort mission where you have to like escort a giant drill to like this egg thing and while it's cracking this shell you will like get Mm -hmm. attacked on all sides there's like weird crazy boss fights you can do there's missions that are like killing dreadnoughts which are giant bug creatures there's missions where you have to uh install these like pumps on geysers and you have to manually route the pipes from like your ship all the way to the different pumps which is really fun because you like deform the terrain in very specific ways and then you can grind on the rails like sonic to get back and forth in the pipes like it's there's not like a ton of mission variety but like there Mm -hmm. is a decent amount once you start getting into it a little deeper well and the fun comes from like the gameplay like tom said the 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 terrain you can manipulate it in any way you know break through it and stuff and so they're one of the early missions is like you have to get uh these uh fossils and my wife was playing as a dwarf that could grapple onto the wall so for me every time i found a fossil i would have to like dig into the wall and like make stairs to get my way up there where she was just like spider-man would grab it uh and then there's also the like joy of splitting up and being like you go this way i'm gonna go this way and and get and then and then it's like oh a swarm's coming and you're like great now we have to like try to meet up because it's it's more beneficial to kind of spread apart and each look in different spots but at the same time there is a lot of strategy on staying together because there's more flares and every class has the has different abilities to make it where they can grab things better i was the which one not the engineer but the other one the guy that has the drill for hands right and so when you need to get through the wall he could just like and just you know go through the wall but it's fun it's free and it's two gigabytes the the last two things i'll I'll say because i know we're running out of time is yeah the co-op aspect of it is really great because like you were saying there's somebody that can grapple to the wall but then a different class can lay out like shoot like deployable platforms on walls mm-hmm. so like there's a lot of coordination that you can do of like okay i'm gonna shoot platforms below all of the high minerals and then you can go grapple up and get them on your own and like mm-hmm. then the other thing that this game does really cool is that the entire world is just pitch black most of the time yeah and you have to constantly be sending out these recharging flares that light up different aspects and like one of the classes can light up stuff better sometimes there's like natural pockets of light and so it's like I haven't really seen a game use light in the way that this does. And it makes all of the gameplay footage of it online look terrible because it's all just mm-hmm. black. But like in <laughs> in the moment, it is 
one of the coolest aspects of this game for sure also if you don't have friends like many of us and you are playing by yourself you get a little robot friend and he can help yeah he can help you mine and he'll light up areas and stuff like that yeah i I can't recommend this game enough it's deep rock galactic is really really fun i'm really excited it's on ps plus yeah i'm 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 excited to jump into it and it only took it being free on playstation plus to play You know, I think it's one of those ones I've been looking at for a while, but like now that it's free on my PlayStation right in front of me, I don't have a, any more reasons not to play it. Yeah, exactly. You, uh, you are out of excuses. <laughs> uh, that one's available. Oh, go ahead, Jada. I was going to say, just, you know, Mark just needs to invite me to play. You know, obviously he was playing last night and I was on my PlayStation all night and didn't get a, didn't get a game. And I had a full team. I'll hit you up. I'll hit you up. Wait, are you playing Halo Infinite? This is just a. a How as an dare aside. you? How dare uh, you? No, I, I I played it. I played through the campaign for our wiki. I grabbed all the Spartan cores and did all that stuff for our wiki. So I am done with Halo Infinite. I, okay. I love that this just for, turned into like a hey, Moe's, looking for Moe's, player sort of. I'm always uh, looking for infinite <laughs> infinite players uh, to play with. So. Deep Rock Galactic <laughs> is on PS4 and PS5. Uh, Dirt 5 is on PS4 and PS5. And then Persona 5 Strikers is on PS4, backward compatible on PS5. Uh, Dirt 5, I have not played, but I have heard good things about it. I don't know if anyone here has played. I didn't uh, play the first myself. four, so I don't yeah. want to be confused. Fair enough. It's a very myself, important yeah, storyline. I've, I've heard good things from people who like dirt exactly uh and then persona 5 strikers is the the sequel to persona 5 and i don't know how it will play if you haven't played persona 5 but you should play persona 5 because it's a great rpg that's actually (laughs) on my list for this year i spent all persona 5 i spent all of last year playing uh ff15 because i just it was one of those blind spots i hadn't finished and i platinumed it over the holiday break so now i have space in my RPG lineup to finally start Persona 5. Nice. Never started it. Um, Royal. Play Royal. Yeah, play Royal. Okay. And, Uh, you know, perhaps there's a podcast I could tell you about after the show that you could listen to while you play. Uh, Other than that, those are the three games currently available on PlayStation Plus. Uh, They went live on January 4th, so they'll be available until Tuesday, February 1st. So download those, add them to your library. Just make sure you own them, even if you don't end up playing them anytime soon. Uh, Other than that, do briefly just want to touch on stuff because we did have a few weeks off. Uh, What have y'all been playing during the time off? Uh, Jada, I know you've been playing a lot based on what you put down on the run of show. So just briefly, because I know we're we're short on time. What were some of your highlights from from your break? Uh, Let's see. Final Fantasy VII Remake. I I went through and got the platinum for that. Plus played through the intermission DLC, uh, which was so good. I did not expect it to go as far as it did um aerial knights never yield it was a really cool just like uh endless runner not endless runner technically it's just a runner with stages um but amazing soundtrack really great game Highly the score recommend. is so good yeah the score that is music's amazing. amazing there's um actually uh i was talking with the the developer aerial knight himself about it um he's got dlc that's coming out for it soon so oh, nice. be on the look for that so that's really cool um Serial Cleaners. I played the first one since Serial Cleaners 2 got announced last year. <laughs> um, and so that was a lot of fun. Um, and then Plague Tale. Plague Tale is the other one I will highlight in this spot. Nice. Um, I was not I was surprised by how good that story was and just how good the gameplay was. It was kind of almost Last of Us-esque with that kind of semi-stealth action um, story and gameplay. Um, and so I'm really excited for what is it? The sequel is called Requiem, I think. Yes. Coming out this year. Um, yeah. Super excited to see what they do with that story. Um, highly recommend playing that if you haven't. 
Yeah, I, I still need to get to that one. Never Yield, I am stuck on the one trophy for that like bonus DLC, like in-game world that you have to get. That's the only I, one left. I actually have a tip for that. Ooh, we'll right. get to that in just yeah. a second. Uh, Mark, what did you play over break? Yeah, I, I mostly talked about it. Uh, Dark Souls, Demon Souls. Uh, I'm still playing Halo Infinite basically every night. And I played Forza Horizon 5 with some friends the other night. And I forgot that that game is fantastic. And then uh, Wordle. Playing Wordle every day. Wordle. Yeah. But so has the world. On that Wordle hype train. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Tom, what about you? Uh, I've been playing Persona 5 Royal and also Forza mostly over the break. And then the other thing that I finally was able to get back into because I had to take a break because of how busy end of November, early December was, was I've been playing Yakuza from the beginning because I played Like a Dragon all the way through and loved it. And that was my first Yakuza game. So I've been playing Zero uh, and I managed to get back into that a bit, and nice. I'm really enjoying it. Awesome! I that is. The, I was gonna say I gotta look up the order for those because those always have been caught my eye. I just haven't gotten around to them, so I gotta look up the order to play through those too. There's there's some debate about whether you, you like a dragon. You can just start with pretty much, but also there's debate about whether zero or one is the better one to start with. But overall, I heard that zero was a good place to start because it was also kind of like a slightly more modern game, right? Mm. So. Yeah, uh, that is a series I also have wanted to make time for and maybe will this year because there's no other games coming out this year. Nope. Um, and then, yeah, just on on my end, same pretty much played basically Wordle every day and uh, Persona 5 Royal. I'm finally playing the Royal content and it's really Yay. fun. It's so good. I Yay. love Persona 5. You should all play it so you can play <laughs> Persona 5 Strikers. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jada, we do, as we had mentioned before the year wrapped up last year, we do want to start integrating uh, trophy tips into the show uh, as much as we can. And as you mentioned, you do actually have a, a tip for us related to Never Yield. Uh, if that's the one you want to give, if there's another, let me know. But what what sort of tip do you have for us this week? Yeah, so I picked up 11 Platinums in the last two weeks of the year. My God. To 50 <laughs> on the Jesus. year or 50 on total uh, for my account. Um, but Ariel Knight was one of them. I believe it was like 45 or 46. Either way, um, the easiest way to get the, the trophy we're talking about is unlocking the final costume, um, which yes. in order to unlock this last costume in Ariel Knight, you have to complete the bonus minigame um, that you can sometimes get in between levels. Um, you get into this minigame by finding a coin hidden in the level. Um, not every level has one, um, but as soon as you finish that level, it'll throw you into the minigame and then you can... Uh, play that mini game. The trick is you don't get to retry the mini game if you die. If you fail on that run, you have to replay that level, recollect the coin, and then go back in the mini game. It's a little cumbersome. It sucks. Like it's so hard to get into the or not hard, but time taking to get into that. Um, my best recommendation is to play level three um, right mm. before you jump off the bridge into the into the highway for where you're dodging traffic. Um, do a high jump to grab the coin. And then um, once you get into the bonus stage, um, start to like kind of either, either look it up online or memorize and write down the pattern of how things go. Because the level goes really fast. It, it inverts the stage. It reverses the stage constantly as you're going through it. So um, the trick is it usually there is more slides and short jumps than there are high jumps. So you're not going to need... So be ready with those two over the high jumps. Oh, okay. um, but you can if you do the third stage on like the medium difficulty, you can usually run through the stage in about a minute and a half, I think is my best time so far. Um, so mm -hmm. it's really fast to get back into that minigame. So you're not like 
getting that, you know, losing that repetition and losing that kind of streak and getting further nice. and further in the bonus minigame. That's, and I do have that's one, good to know. I do have one other bonus one. Um, yeah, because this is it. one that will keep uh, people out of Platinums for Final Fantasy VII Remake. The pull-up minigame. I'm sure this is <laughs> something that many people have seen online and have troubles with. Uh, when In Chapter 14, when you're uh, playing Tifa, you're going up against Jules, doing who can do the most pull-ups. The trick is turn off your music and turn off your uh, the uh, voices. Only leave sound effects on, because that'll help you kind of eliminate some of the background noise. And then also, <laughs> as you are... Um, Playing the mini game where it's you know pressing X circle triangle or square, say the directions out loud, not square triangle. Say left, right, up, down, left, right, up, down, left, right, up, down. It'll help you with your pacing. So you when when the the buttons fade off the screen, you'll have an easier time keeping track of where your um your button is. So I like yeah. that. I I got that one a while back, but I spent a very frustrated. I think I spent like several hours trying to get that one. Oh yeah, that pain. one is so, yeah. tricky. Those are those are all very good tips. And thank you for the personally, the Ariel Knight tip is just that was just for me. But I appreciate it for everyone else <laughs> listening. Uh, and yeah, hopefully I can get that platinum by the time we record next time. Uh, but thank you for those. Uh, we are running out of time. Mark, is it, I know you were mentioning you did have a, a holiday story, but are you? Oh, no, 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 I'm good. It was more it was more just about Dark Souls. And I talked about Dark Souls plenty. We're good Fair to enough. go. <laughs> uh, well, in that case, I'm going to just put out a general call then for memory card stories. Please, if you have a wacky, weird, sad, happy, whatever memory of your PlayStation gaming life that you want to share on the show, remember to please keep it a bit short. But if you want to share that, please write into beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card. And we'll read those on the show each and every week. But that is going to pretty much wrap us up for this week's episode. Uh, Jada, Mark, Tom, anything you want to plug before we wrap up? Anything people should check out on IGN coming up? Or we're back in the new year and there's not much yet to say. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be doing a first Friday AMA on Instagram this Friday, as it's the first Friday of January um, that we're back at work. So keep an eye out for that. And I expect to see each of you three on there answering some questions from the community. Oh, no. That's right. (laughs) Putting you on the spot. Got us in work. Fine. Mark, anything from you? No, I'm enjoying the peace until February <laughs> comes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Tom, same on your end. Pretty much. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a very busy year, but January is a little bit lighter for now. Uh, but anyway, that is going to pretty much wrap us up for this week's episode of Podcast Beyond. Jada, Mark and Tom, thank you so much for joining me for this week's first episode of the year and a very fun one to start it all off. Thank you to Red, our producer, for, as always, making the show happen. And thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching. We hope you're safe. We hope you're doing well. We hope you had a good new year. And we're looking forward to talking about a ton of really exciting playstation stuff in the coming months but until then as always beyond 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 have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered but wait could any of this really happen and will i live long enough to see it that's what our show hypothetical is about I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future. Like, what if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there 
it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H Y P E R T H E T I C A L.